No PDA, six inch rule. For everybody, even you, Ricky. Yeah, everyone. Alright? Respect the leaders and. Y'all fell asleep. Respect the leaders and. Come on. And the last rule, live life. Alright, I just want to start off in prayer. Father God, Lord, bless this time, Lord Jesus, of worship that we're going to have, Lord. Bless us. Let us be able just to receive words from you, Father God, Lord. Let us just be able to pray and reach out for you. Not let us think of what our neighbors think of you, Lord, but let us just be able to cry out and reach you and just feel you in a new way. Amen. Everybody come up. Let's worship the Lord. One, two, one, two, why don't you come on up, man. Bring your neighbor with you, please. Hallelujah. Man, I am so excited to be back. I miss you all. Look to your neighbor and just say he missed you. Oh, for real, for reals. I have missed you all so much. And there's only one way to celebrate it. By worshiping Jesus. See, now if y'all ready to worship Jesus, you know we got to wake up. Because I heard that y'all were like, mm, y'all got to wake up for real, all right? Y'all ready to worship Jesus? Nope, nope, no, y'all aren't ready. No, that's not even close to being ready. Y'all ready to worship Jesus? That's a little better. We're going to go. Father, I pray right now, God, that you just send down your Holy Spirit's power. Come on, if you want that power, why don't you raise up your hands with me right now? Every person in this room, just raise your hand. Just say, Father. Come on, repeat up for me. Say, Father. Send down your Holy Spirit. Send down your power. Send down your anointing. Send down your love. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. One, two, one, two, three, four. Y'all know this song. Here we go. How many singing I've got? Here we go. And I've got a river, a living water, a fountain that never will run dry. Yes, in the open heaven, it's your releasing, and we will. Never be denied. Come on, stir up, stir up. Cause we're stirring up deep, deep wells. We're stirring up deep, deep waters. We're gonna jump and come on, jump. Cause we're stirring up deep, deep wells. Here we go. We're stirring up deep, deep waters. We're gonna dance in the river. Dance in deep parts. And deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to we cry out to we cry out to you Jesus one more time deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to we cry out to we cry out to you Jesus hold on hold on one second hold on one second hold on one second no, 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 no. See, I just came back from SUM, Mardi Gras, and I just came back from hundreds of radicals.
that were older than you, that were in their minds thinking they're much cooler than you, radicals sold out for Jesus. And these people, when it came to the part we're jumping, they are jumping. It's not one of these where they just use their, their calves. It's like, jump. They're not, not doing that. I mean, these people are jumping over me. I mean, they're dancing and they're excited about Jesus. So can you do me the favor in this place and let's get excited for Jesus. When we sing this song, let's give Jesus our highest praise. That means that yes. we jump. Y'all ever jump before? Come on now. Come on now. We're going to jump. We're going to dance. I want to see everybody in this place dance. If you find somebody not dancing, you take them by the hand and you spin them. <laughs> that is an order. And I give you guys permission to do that, to spin them. Just don't hurt them, please. <laughs> don't hurt them. We don't want a lawsuit in this place. He told us. Amen. So I want us to be sold out for Jesus when we sing this song. Amen. Believe God is just doing something amongst us. You guys ready for this? Y'all ready for this? If y'all ready for this, when I count to three, I want you to give me the loudest Jesus on the top of your voice as much as loud as possible. On the count of three. One. (laughs) Two. Two and a half. (laughs) Give me your loudest Jesus. Three. Jesus. I hope you brought your dancing shoes on today. Because we're going to dance with Jesus in this place. You're so worthy, Jesus. Here we go, sing now, God. And I've got a river of living water, a fountain that never will run dry. Singing this in open. Singing this in open. Heaven, it's your releasing, and we will never be denied. Come on, stir it up, stir it up in this place. Cause we're serving up deep, deep wells. Stir it up. We're serving up deep, deep waters. We're gonna jump in the river. Jump in the river. Cause we're serving up deep, deep wells. We're serving up deep, deep waters. Dancing the river, dancing deep cross out, and deep cross out to deep cross out to deep cross out to deep cross out to we cry out so we cry out to you, Jesus. Deep cross, deep cross out to deep cross out to deep cross out to deep cross out to we cry out so we cry out to you, Jesus. I've got a river of living water, a fountain that never will run dry. Singing this in open, in this in open heaven, a joy we sing, and we will never be denied. We're stirring up, cause we're stirring up deep, deep wells. Come on. We're serving up deep, deep water. We're gonna jump in the river, jump in the river. We're serving up deep, deep wells. We're serving up deep, deep waters. We're gonna dance in the river, dance in the river. Deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to. We cry out to, we cry out to you, Jesus. 
and deep cries out to deep cries out we cry out to win come on just the drums and the voices here we go sing deep cries out deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to to we cry out to we cry out to you jesus come sing it out and deep cries out to deep cries out to Every voice declares to you, Jesus, singing out deep and deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to and we cry out to we cry out to you, Jesus. One more time, sing deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to we cry out to we cry out to you everybody clap your hands like this here we go here we go y'all know this part of the song y'all ready here we go and if he goes to the left then we're going to the left and if he goes to the right then we're going to the right we're gonna jump 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 in the river jump jump Jump, jump, everybody! If he goes to the left, we're going to the left. If he goes to the right, then we're going to the right. We're gonna dance, 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 dance in the river. Dance, 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 everybody! If he goes to the left, if we're going to the left, then we can go to the right. Then we're going to the right. We're gonna jump, 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 jump in the river. Jump, jump. Jump, jump, everybody! If he goes to the left, we can go to the left, and if he goes to the right, then we're going to the right. Shout, 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 shout in the river! Shout, shout one last time, deep cries. Here we go. Deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to we cry out to we cry out to you, Jesus. Deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to deep cries out to we cry out to we cry out to you, Jesus. Come on, give him a hand, clap of praise, and a shout of victory. It's getting hot in here, so we're getting our praise on. Look at y'all. It's getting hot in here. We're praising Jesus. I am getting so filled, filled by the Holy Spirit. Oh. Y'all aren't ready for that. Y'all aren't ready for that, y'all. Y'all aren't ready for the Holy Spirit to come down, y'all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look to your neighbor and say, it's about to get started right now. Come on. We'll sing higher than we go. And higher than the mountains that I face. Sing it out. And stronger than the power of the grave. It's constant in the trial and the change. One thing. One thing. Remain. 
your love. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. You see that? Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love. Here we go, because on and on. Because on and on and on and on it goes. Oh, it overwhelms and satisfies my soul. And down, down. And I never ever have to be afraid. Just one thing remains. We'll sing it because on and on. Because on and on and on and on it goes. It overwhelms. Yes, it overwhelms and satisfies my soul. And I never ever have to be afraid. This one thing remains. One thing remains. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love. With hands raised in the air, let's sing it again. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love, your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love. Pull just a voice and sing it out. Your, Your love, love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never to, gives up, but because he's good never to us, runs no. out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love. Because on and on, sing it out. Because on and on and on and on it goes. Yes, it overwhelms and satisfies my soul. And I never ever have to be afraid. This one thing remains. Because on and on and on and on it goes. Yes, it overwhelms and satisfies my soul. 
close to Jesus. Forget about anybody singing. Forget about who you're standing with. Forget about what you're wearing, what you're going to do after when you leave this place. Focus right now on God, on Jesus. The Bible says that he looks for worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth. And that's what we're doing right now. Every single one of us, we are worshiping in spirit and in truth. And the Bible also gives us the faith and the knowledge and the belief that the Holy Spirit is working amongst us right now. God is working amongst us right now. Just take these next couple of moments. Be led by the Spirit. Just worship God in your own words. It's such a beautiful language when it comes from your own heart. It's not a karaoke screen that you're just following words after words after words. But let your heart sing out to God. Have you been so happy about something that you just, like, I have no words to explain. Like, I just want to shout. That's what we're doing right now. We're giving God our praise. We're giving God our worship. Come on right now. Don't be afraid. You can lift your voice up. You don't have to, but don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed to. If he's leading you that way, go ahead and do it. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't try to copy what anybody else is doing. He made you unique. He made you unique. Worship the Lord right now. Come on. Silence, 
Focus all my attention on you, oh, to you. As we were worshiping, I just felt the Lord just pressed to, to let me share this with you guys. God is not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of man. He's not impressed by what man can do. He's the creator. He spoke in the earth and everything that we know was created. And God is saying he's not impressed in who you're trying to be and who in your own works would try to make yourself out to be. He's just... He's just more concerned about your worship. Your worship for who you are. Not anybody else in this room, but for who you are. Daja, can you come up for me, please? I want you guys all to look up to this stage right now. The reason why I'm sharing this with you right now when God spoke that to me, I'm not a respecter of persons. I come and I feel those who seek my face. And I got that. I was like, okay. And I look. And the first thing that I see is this little girl, Daja, just worshiping God. She's not following anybody else, but she's looking straight. And she's eyes closed, just praying. And I'll tell you what, the Father will not reject her. That even at her young age, she is getting filled with the Spirit. That God is imparting something in her life. And that can be an example for us. That we don't have to be anyone we're not called to be. She could have said in her own right, well, I'm not a youth, so i got to go to the back and sit down. But that she's at the front with her hands raised and her head bowed before the Lord. Let that remind us that God is looking for us. Not our talents, 
not our giftings, but he's looking for us as people to just come before him and worship him, who he's made us to be. Just an attitude of worship. Just, just, just continue right now. You don't have to be anybody that you're not called to be. He's made you you. He's made you you. I just felt that for some people in this place. There's no show that needs to go on. There's nothing more extravagant than you offering your heart and your worship unto God. filled with the spirit let's just start praying in the spirit right now let's just build up faith in this place every person all across this room if you haven't been filled just lift your hands and just say Jesus fill me Jesus, fill me right now with the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, he doesn't hold back his Holy Spirit. He doesn't hold this back from anybody. He says he gives it up. It's a gift for all who will receive. Come on, keep on speaking it out in this place. Just speak up faith. The Bible says that when we pray in the Spirit, faith arises. Faith arises, come let faith rise in this place. Come on, mama say, kitara baba so. Come on, mama say, kitara baba baba say. Come on, mama say, kitara baba baba say. So come on, mama 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 say. So come on, mama mama say. So come on, mama mama say. Come on, that's it right there. Come on, press in, press in. Come on, some of you need a breakthrough in this place. Come on, come on, come on, Church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit, 
the Holy Spirit came down almost 2,000 years ago and he fell on the disciples the Bible says that they started speaking in tongues it's an angelic voice it's an angelic tongue it's not a language that man can understand but it's our language of praise unto the Lord for the sole purpose of giving God glory of worshiping the Lord just take the next minute right now the Bible says to be still and to know that he is God I believe that God is speaking to us I believe that God is speaking to us those who are receiving it today if you don't believe in the place you're not gonna get anything from God you're just gonna stand here and just sit with your hands up and not receive anything but if you're willing to just focus in on God right now he's speaking just take the next minute right now and just let's be still and let's just listen unto the Lord. Just 30 more seconds, guys. Come on. closing I just want to share this with you some of you may know some of you may not um, this past week we just came back from SUM spiritual emphasis and uh, it was one of the most exciting times just for me being a Christian because I get to see the Holy Spirit work on people on the middle of a street people come to Mar Mardi Gras New Orleans to party to throw Jesus in church and being Christian in the back seat that's not even that. They don't even think about it. You go out there to sin, to get drunk, to fornicate, to do everything and everything. You people are ashamed to speak out in public. 
They go out on that street, on Bourbon Street, to do those very things and to see on that very same street the Holy Spirit work on people. I mean, they were just stopped. And the Holy Spirit spoke to them, salvation, people in tears, giving their life to Jesus. People say, man, what can I do to be saved? Pray for me. I need Jesus. It was so awesome to see that, to know that God, he's still alive. He's still working on people. People are still getting saved today all across the world. And that very same God has the power to be with us in these times, in these moments when we're sitting still and we're quiet and we're listening to him. never forget that I wouldn't trade anything in the world for my relationship with Christ not the things that I've gained not the things that I will gain nothing can compare to knowing the love and Jesus Christ nothing can compare no friend no job no amount of money no relationship not my family nothing will ever come close to knowing Jesus and feeling his love I pray that that's our heart today. Father, I pray right now, God, in Jesus' name. That God, as we move on from the rest of this service, God, your spirit does not move on from us. But I pray, God, that you would begin to speak to us today, Father. Today we are talking about relationship in the area that pleases you, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, uh, speak to our hearts, Father God. Let us learn. Let us gain wisdom. And, Father God, let us not be uh, closing our ears to correction. God, I pray, Father God, for the people, for the elders of the church that will come uh, today and share, Father God. Father, I pray that you would give them wisdom, God. You would give them knowledge that when they speak, God, they will be your words. Father God, as instruction, as wisdom coming out, Father God. I pray today, God, God, you would do something in our hearts, Father God, in the area of righteousness and holiness and purity, Father. We never want to compromise in these areas, but Father, we want to lift up holy hands as the word says, Father. And we pray today that you would speak to us on these issues. Father, I pray that your spirit will go out before us. Teach us, bring us closer to you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen, amen, amen. This is the time of service, guys. You know, we never want to move so fast, like from the Holy Spirit soaking. But right now, I'm just going to ask that you guys would go ahead and um, find your seats for me, please. I pardon, pardon. We're going to do a lot of moving today. Why don't we break up in breakouts? That's what we want to do. Amen. Tricked you guys. Amen. So let me have let me have my JC soldiers over here. Let me have my saints on this side, all right? Let's take the next three minutes. We have a lot to go over today. Let's take the next three minutes. Break out. Find out what we're going to do. And let's break back in, amen? You will get your do rock while we are performing. Take caution, you absorbing enormous, exhausting, incredible hope at Norton. Frequencies frequently exalting, deep received Jesus. Peace. 
peace without the charm and necklace. I'm reckless. I'm in a certain state of mind. So if the head is big as mine, thoughts are like Texas. Uh, and it's as if we do it for the hoorah. Even though the crowd ooh ooh like do what nah. Cause at the beginning and the end it remains. We did it, we do it, we done it. The television plain like wings and layers and dead springing the noise up in your brain. Your ear begets that's me. Jamming with the boombox loud like ah. Jam jamming with the boombox loud like ow. Jamming with the boombox loud like ah. Jam loud like ah. Keep the boombox till the tune rocks like gems and the moon walks on a thriller night because I'm in and I'm able like Clark Gable to win. Get the mic from out the toolbox, the record spins. No, never let the boom stop, let the needle play. It's like a mother hand watching over two flocks. Frito Lay bakes the chips, Juan Love cooks the verbals, the audio dispersals. They chase cheese like a hundred urkels, a reversal is where it's at. See the word of God sent me, so I'm on the map. I'm on the blocks like rats and the books like stats. Banging beats with rats sharper than spike bats. In the year of the fog, this rain was so thing rains. Some vintage Nikes and a new King James. Ingenuity and relevance, the common aim is due time for the gospel to take precedence. So let it bang. Chef, one, two, one, two. We'll go ahead and break back in for me, please. Come on and break back in. Break back in for me, please. All right, check it, check it, check it. We'll see how loud we can get. I'm going to need everybody to go ahead and stand back on their feet for me, please. I'm going to need y'all to be hyper. I'm gonna need y'all to be teenagers. I need you to be loud, all right? I don't know why I'm like waving my hand because that's gonna help me get louder. Like seriously, come on now. When I when we do our channel, when I say welcome to Elevate, you guys at the top of your voice, at the top of your lungs, go ahead and say what, what, all right? Can we do that? Let's try. It. No, 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 no. Look at it. Look at it. He's like, he dances? No, I don't dance. Play. Welcome to Elevate! No, no, no. The music was loud on that. Welcome to Elevate! That was a little better. Give yourselves a hand of a clap. A hand of a clap. A round of hand of claps. <laughs> you guys can have your seat for me, please. See, awkward, awkward, awkward. What was I telling you, Steph? Awkward, right? Awkward. Hey man, guys, welcome. We're so blessed to have you here tonight. 
Tonight we have a special, special presentation for you guys. We have some of the leaders of the church here to come and talk to you about relationships. It's going down tonight. It's a lot of wisdom. Take a lot of notes. I'm telling you, it will save you from heartache and troubles and doing it God's way. Amen. So we want you guys to be prepared for that here at Metro Praise. Our vision, we always say it, it's loving God and loving people. And that is our heart. As a church, we want you to know exactly what we're about. We're about loving God and... So you better believe that we love you, love you, love you. All right. And our strategy to show you some of the things in the Bible and get you to grow and understand what God's word is saying for your life is this. is to connect, mentor, and send you out. One of the ways that we connect you is in our life group. Okay? Now, guys, life groups, I've been getting some word that, man, some of you guys are not coming out. Some of you guys are like, well, I don't have to. Listen to me. Life group is going to be the best, safest, coolest environment for you to grow in the things of God. Amen? And we want you guys to come on and experience that fellowship. Have some Christian friends for a change. Amen? Not the people like the, that will take you and, you know, influence you to do the wrong things. The Bible says this, bad company corrupts good character. Check this out. The Bible says, not Adam, the Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. Ever notice how you start hanging around some people, you're doing what they're doing, but you told yourself when, when hanging out with them, I will never do what they do, but you find yourself doing that. I will never smoke. I won't even touch it. Man, I can't believe I'm doing this. Man, I will never, I will never sleep around. I will never do that kind of stuff, but you're getting with so-and-so, and it's just like, that's all that's on his mind, or that's all that's on her mind. Hello? Bad company corrupts good character. And this is why we promote a life group so you can do it God's way and do it the right way. Amen. Join a life group. We have two on Sundays. Amen. And another part of that connect, once we connect you in a life group, is to mentor you. Our one-on-one discipleship. Now, I know for some of you guys, some of you guys are in this place and I don't see you on a one-on-one. Listen to me. Discipleship is where it's at. We want to know what are some of the things that are stopping you from coming. Listen up. We always say it so we know you know about it. But we want to know what's stopping you from coming. Is it a schedule? Maybe you're too busy. We have two life groups. I'm sorry, two discipleship. We have one on Wednesdays. And we also do it on the actual life group. Amen. So there's plenty of opportunity for you guys to grow in the things of God. Let me tell you something. Don't be a knucklehead and say, well, I don't need discipleship. I can just keep on coming to church. That's why you're always dealing with the same exact things that you've always been dealing with since day one you walked in. So we want to teach you, we want you guys to learn because we don't like the problems that you have. If you like the problems that you have, just keep on raising your hand. Like, oh, I'm going to stay like this. You never hear someone say that. They're proud. I'm like, I have this problem, have this problem, have this problem. Yay, you never hear that. So one-on-one, guys, we want you guys to grow and mature. If you're with me, say amen. And I... And then our goal is 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. If you can do me the kind favor and stand up for me, please. Our next slide is SGM. Like I said, we just got back from having one of the most radical times in, in SUM history. This was the largest group. This was our 20th year anniversary. If you guys don't know about it, the Bible college that I attend is called SUM, School of Urban Missions. And it started in New Orleans, and then it moved out to Oakland, where the home campus is at right now. And then what's happening all over America is cohorts. Everybody say cohorts. Cohorts are satellite campuses where churches are raising up SUM students, and they're raising up radicals. And that's exactly what we're doing here. And we have a little clip for you of what happened. Go ahead and, Cynthia, play it for me, please. 
Jesus. Give it up, y'all. Give it up, somebody. These are all radicals for Jesus that went on the street. You talking about we went on Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street is a famous street in Louisiana. And a lot of people go out there to just go ahead and sin and do all these different things. If you can remain standing for me, please. We're about to get into the offerings. But what happened was this. We go out there. We've seen over 900 people give their lives unto Jesus. Let's give a noise. Let's give some noise up for Jesus, y'all. Come on. That's always exciting because you know what? Someone is going to heaven. Someone is realizing that, man, it's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. And that is an awesome thing to see. So, guys, if you have a call of God in your life, we want to let you know that, man, SUM is a place to be. Amen. I'm telling you, there is no, nothing like it. No Moody can compare. No other school can give you what SUM can give you. Amen. Amen. Right now, guys, we're going to move into our tithes and offering. It is the end of the month. It's already February, y'all. It's already February. Just before you know it, March is going to come by end of March, then April. Then you're out of school in May and June. I'm telling you, time is going to fly by. Before you know it, it's going to be Christmas. Hallelujah. You guys are going to be buying me presents. I receive. Amen. I heard the Lord on that. Is that the Lord? Yes, that was the Lord. I mean, I tie this 10% of your total income, and an offering is. Y'all should know it. So y'all should do it. Y'all saying it perfectly. So let's give our offering today. Amen. We got a new number for you guys. Let's see it. 902. First person. Melanie. $90.20. Let's see if she's right. $90.20. Hallelujah. Here, before we do our tithes and offering, but we give it up, we'd like to say this offering. Acts 20. Who knows the scripture reference? 35. Amen, amen, amen. Acts 20, 35. It says this. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. What did he say? I can't even see the receive. receive. That's what it says, y'all. And let's just pray right now. Father, I pray that you would bless these students, God. Let them be a blessing unto you, God. Let them believe in their own hearts that they can make a difference, God, that what they have in their hands, Father God, if they give to you, can be powerful and you can use it. God, I pray that you would bless them to be a blessing and remind them of the things that you bless them with, God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on up as you give. DJ, play that track for me, please. Mic check, mic check. Many, many, many men. If I can have, if you guys can stand up, do me a favor, just stand up one more time for me, please. We want to give a warm welcome to some very special people, some very, uh, very good friends of mine. Um, we have invited some of the elders and the deacons here in this church to come up here and share their testimonies and tell us how to do relationships. Godsman, so give it up for me, please, for Chris Vitali, Lauren, and Andrew Sianski. Give it up, give it up as they come on up. So today, guys... We have something a little different from you. You 
guys can have a seat, please. You guys can sit down for me. So today, I'm not preaching. The Lord reigns in the earth. If anyone here would have been, yeah, it would have been like, Today I'm not going to be preaching today to finish out this month about relationships, sex, love, all these different things that the Bible talks about that we're interested to know about. We're wrapping it up by coming and having these viewers come up and share their testimony and they're answering questions. Okay? So today what's going to happen is they're going to come and share their testimony and then we have some questions that we want you guys to come up and ask. So we're going to start with Chris and we're going to make our way down from Chris to Lord to Andrew and they're just going to share their testimony with you guys. What's up, Elevate? Yeah, got it going on tonight. Basically, my testimony is yeah. I grew up and if uh, we turn and seek his face, with one safe parent, the other one day. had lost faith. Yeah, I'll get into that in a second. Yes, we but and he holds out his hand. also growing up, I was, I was very timid. I, I was very understand. shy. So me standing here before you, even talking to you, and looking you in the eye was something I was not able to do when I was younger. If I did, oftentimes I try. I try to look in my own cousins in their eyes, and, and I would, I would, my eyes would start watering, and I'll look away. That's how shy I was. Now, before, before I was born, my parents made a trip to Florida to see one of my, my father's cousins. Down there, my my father's cousin was saved. She was saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and she invited my parents down to stay with them for a few weeks, down to just outside of Tampa. On the way there, my parents were doing coke, doing coke and smoking marijuana. So they were lost as all get up. Now, when they got there, they got saved, right? And then they moved to North Carolina or moved to South Carolina, moved back to Florida, had my sister, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, had me, that's where I was born, then moved back to Florida, and then back to Chicago. Now, during that whole time, my, my father, although he, he stopped doing drugs, and he, he's, he stopped doing all the other bad stuff, except for drinking. My dad was an alcoholic, and still to this day, he battles with it. Now, throughout that whole time, my mother was praying. She was praying and praying and praying that God will deliver him from his alcoholism. Why? Because when he was drunk, he was so abusive verbally and physically, even cheated on my mom once. My mom stayed with him through that. She, she, I believe she should have just divorced him right then and there, but she stayed with him. More heartache came, more abuse came. Then, then, then they finally split up. They didn't get divorced right away. They, they, they split up, and I was maybe three, four years old. So I never, to my recollection, I never lived with both of my parents at the same time. I was too young to remember. But although my mother lost faith because of that, my dad kept the faith, although he was still struggling. Get what I mean? He was still struggling with alcoholism, but he still kept the faith. And so growing up, although I saw my dad maybe one, one week in a month, he brought my sister and me to church. He brought us to church. Eventually, after more of the word got in us, we went at one youth group, we got baptized, we got saved, we got baptized, and we started attending. And then, 
you know, how, how many of you know you, you still do some bad stuff even after right when you get saved, right? Come on. Am, come on, guys. Am I right or not? You still do some bad stuff even though you're saved, right? Although you might repent, but you still do bad stuff. That's how I was. But because I still did bad stuff, see, I lived with my mom, and I went to live. Uh, I went with my dad on the weekends, one week in a month. Uh, it was it was hard even seeing him. Now, now although I was going to church, I was trying to find God. And I, but I was doing bad stuff. I, my freshman year in high school, I had forty. Th- and my mom only knew about maybe a handful, about five. So how many know when she found out, she she didn't she wasn't too happy about that. So she grounded me the whole summer following my freshman year. So that whole summer, from June all the way to early August, I was grounded. Grounded to my room, not just to the house, but to my room. I was able to come out of my room, but take a shower, eat, use the bathroom, do what I got to do, but then go back in my room. But because of all the worship songs I had been through and I've heard at that church, I grabbed a CD and just I, I was worshiping God throughout that summer. By the end of that summer, come early August, the youth pastor at my old church reached out to me. He's like, hey, come back. And they were having a, a camping trip, so I went on the camping trip, got back with God, because even before that, the times, the times that I skipped school, I was, I was out with my friends, smoking it up, drinking as well. Okay, so I had become what my dad was to me. You see, that, that's what we call a generational curse. Now, I don't believe it's genetic, like just because my father was an alcoholic that I'm genetically be, going to become an alcoholic. No, it was the curse was it was before my eyes, and I did not guard my eyes before that. How could I? I didn't know. My dad never taught me. Now, so when I was about, and that was, that was when I was a freshman, so I, I was turning, I think I was turning 15 that year. So I got saved when I was 15. I started living right for God. Then, how many know when some people come in your life, like, like Pastor Adam said, bad company corrupts good morals. Now there are few people who came into my life that started to divert me because how many know when when you're shy, especially like how I was, the shy people aren't the leaders. The shy people are not the leaders. The shy people people are the followers. They follow others that that are more outgoing than yourself, right? So I became the follower. I started following my friends to to clubs. I started following my friends to, to smoking marijuana and drinking again. And the thing is, my father used to preach to me when he was drunk. He would be wasted, slurring his words and saying, you got to love Jesus. I love Jesus so much, you got to love him too. But then he would go swear at his girlfriend. And then the thing was, was I started doing that with my friends. I got drunk, my friends, and hired my friends and started preaching at my friends. And... When I realized that, this is, what, this is what drew me closer to God, was God gave me that realization I, be, I had become just like my father. And I hated it. I became a hypocrite, started preaching while drunk and high to my friends. I hated it. And that's why, one of the reasons why I gave my life to God. Now, the people that came in my life was, there was this one girl that came in my life. She, she was holy. She was pure and innocent. And I looked, I looked up to her. Now, that's, that's, that's good to a certain extent, but I looked up to her so much that um, that because I wasn't right myself and me trying to get with this girl wasn't right. Excuse me. Me getting with this girl wasn't right because my heart wasn't right. I wasn't living right. I mean, you know, you, you cannot, if you, if, if you can't be trusted by yourself behind closed doors, how can you be trusted in public? 
How, how many of you heard that statement before? If you haven't heard it before, you're going to hear it now. If you, if, for, the, for the men here, if you can't be trusted in the bathroom alone, you can't be trusted with your future wife. Amen. Amen. Oh. So saying that, this, I was, at that time, I wasn't able to be trusted by myself. Uh, I started getting depressed. I started doing things. I, I, some, some of you guys here know the things that you guys do or have done before behind closed doors. It's not a, not a pretty thing. It's against God. Now, because I wasn't, able, I wasn't able to be trusted behind closed doors, I wasn't able to be trusted with that girl. Now, her, her parents had said, I don't want you guys to date. I don't want you guys to hold hands. I want you guys to kiss. But how many of you know when, when parents say that, you don't necessarily follow through with that? We, we first started holding hands. Then we started kissing, and then the bumping and grinding. How many you saw the news the other day? They don't want any bumping and grinding in, in what, Maine West? They don't want any of that bumping and grinding, but we started doing that. We started bumping and grinding and doing things that we, we should not have done. Now, that led to things. It, we, we did not have sex, but that led to even more perverse things. And Ephesians 5 says, Let there be not even a hint of sexual, sex, sexual immorality among you. Not even a hint. How many know that's that's a hint can be the smallest thing. And how many and the Bible talks about uh, yeast. And when yeast yeast is a thing that makes the bread rise. How I many you you've seen bread or cake and stuff? When you made some cake, the yeast in that cake makes that cake rise. That that means when you go back there, you're gonna eat some fluffy cake. Now when the yeast comes, it makes it it makes it rise. But when it's not there, it's all, it's all flat. And the Bible says that, that yeast works its way through the whole batch of dough. And that's exactly what sin does. Sin, even the, in the slightest compromise, is going to work its way through every area of our lives. Now, that's, that, that's pretty much my, my testimony in a, in a nutshell. There's a lot of things in between there that I can let you guys know. But I think my time is pretty much up. But I love you guys. I love you. Amen, amen. Amen. For you guys that do not know me, my name is Lauren. Um, I wanted to share a scripture with you real quick. It's Song of Solomon 8.4. And it says, daughters of Jerusalem. And in here I'm going to say sons too. So, sons and daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. I'm going to read it again. Sons and daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. This verse is something that I heard growing up because I grew up in the church, but this is something that I did not live by. When I was five years old, my mother died from breast cancer. And from that, I mean, my family didn't talk about it. We were ruined. I mean, we were so, so heartbroken because my mother was a woman of God. She loved Jesus with all her heart. And for my father and the rest of us, it was like, how can you take somebody that loves you like she served you. She, she prophesied. She saw crazy things. She spoke in tongues. How can you take her and heal other people? So there was a lot of confusion growing up, and it was something that I never dealt with, something that hurt me so deeply. There was such a void in my life that I started looking for love in other ways. And, you know, they usually say if somebody grows up without a father, that's when they start looking for love. But my case was my mother. So from the time I was 13, I thought I was grown already. I looked different than everybody else. I mean, I was, I thought that I was older just because I had to grow up so fast from not having a mother. I had to, you know, wash my own clothes. I had to do the stuff that normally your parents would do for you. 
And I thought I was grown at 13. I started hanging around with the wrong crowd. I started, well, it was probably around 10 that I started hanging around the wrong crowd. And that's the same, the same verse that Pastor Adam was saying is, bad company corrupts good morals. So I started hanging around with the wrong crowd, and I got into smoking. I got into drinking. And then when I was 13 years old, that's when the guys started coming in, and I was looking for love. And there were always older men. There was always, you know, stuff that right now we would say, hey, that's statutory rape. But in my mind... I convinced myself that I was using them. I convinced myself that I was just playing the game, you know. I was just, I was actually winning because I was getting them. But in reality, I was being used. In reality, they were winning. In reality, they were statutory raping me. And from the time I was 13 to 20 years old, I had so many relationships that were so messed up. And some of them you can't even call relationships. You can't even say that they were my boyfriend or girlfriend. It wasn't something that was lovey-dovey. It wasn't something that was, you know, um, something that you would talk about with other people. Like, oh, this is my boyfriend. No, it was, I, was, I was being used. So by the time I was, you know, 19, I'm skipping a lot of stuff for y'all. But when, by the time I was 19, I got pregnant the first time. And I had an abortion. I was so scared, and this, I did have a boyfriend for about a year, got pregnant, I had an abortion, and um, I was so, so broken, because people don't tell you the other side of abortion, it's women's rights, but yet that woman gets so destroyed inside, because you feel something inside of you, when you're pregnant, you feel a baby inside of you, and when it's gone, it's like, you can, I can't even explain what, what that's like, it's, it's like hell on earth, it really is. And I was destroyed from that. And after that, I, I just went crazy. I started, you know, drinking and I started smoking like crazy. I started doing a lot of hard drugs. Um, I just, I, I was very unhappy with myself. I didn't want to live anymore. And I, I took so many drugs that, like, kind of, it made me feel good for the moment, of course. But in the end, when I would not be high anymore, I would just need to get high again because I was so unhappy. And I'm like, man, my, my life stinks. So after that, um... You know, I was just doing crazy stuff, but I got pregnant again. And this time, you know, I told myself, man, I'm not going to, you know, I can't do what I did before, so I'm going to have to keep this child. And after that, you know, my father, my father was very disappointed in me because this was like a secret life that I had. I wasn't very open about it to, to my family. I wasn't very open to anybody, but I just did it. So my father, you know, pretty much disowned me, kicked me out of the house. I had nowhere to go. And this whole time, you have to understand, I grew up in church. I understood the voice of God. I heard the voice of God. I knew what the Bible said. I knew all of that. And my sister was always praying for me. My sister was always telling me about God, telling me to come to church. And I would come, and then I would leave. And I was, I was known as the backslider, known as somebody that got it right and then would always backslide. So after I was pregnant with my daughter again, the second child, um, you know, I got kicked out of my house, and I started living with my sister. And that's when... God really started changing my heart. And I knew from the time that I was young that I was called into ministry. That was the only thing that really fulfilled me, even though I went completely the opposite way. Um, after that, yeah, I, I, got, I got right with God to a point. There were still things in my heart that I never dealt with. There was still perversion that was, that was in my mind that I had, I had to renew my mind. I had to renew the things in my heart. And now I'm the single mother all by myself, trying to go to church, trying to be, be right with God. And I always used to pray for my husband. God, send me a good man. And, I, you know, I, my brother and my father used to tell me, nobody's going to want a girl with a child. I don't care if he's Christian. Nobody wants that. 
And that's what was in my head over and over again. Nobody's going to want me. My dad even said it, man. Even Christian men don't want a girl with a child. And as I continued to go to church and as I continued to be faithful and obedient to the call of God in my life, I got into Bible college as a single mother. And I, you know, I was very open, very vulnerable to the people around me. That's when the hottest man in the world started coming around and catching my eye. <laughs> and I've known, I've known Andrew for a very, very long time, but I've never ne looked at him like that. And it was just, God just totally was like, boink. And I'm like, whoa, never saw you like that before. And <laughs> um, God did just a tremendous work in me and brought me an awesome man of God who loves my daughter as his own, who, you know, my daughter calls her daddy, and, and she loves him with all her heart. So my story is somebody being able to be restored and somebody be able to be redeemed because if you look at me now, you would never know my story. You would never even assume that I've done anything like that because you see a father and a mother and you see a daughter, you would, you would assume they got married and they had a child. You would never know. So I am the perfect example of somebody that is restored. And that's why I read that, that verse to you is, Hey, I charge you. Do not go looking for love. Do not go to men and women to fulfill the void in your heart. Wait, wait. And God will bring you the perfect man. Because if I didn't, even though I do not regret what I went through, but if I didn't do that, how much sooner would have God brought me the man of my dreams? How much sooner could God have used me in a mighty way? So that's it. <laughs> Turn the mic on. Thanks. All right. So my name is Andrew. For those of you that don't know me, I'm not usually up here, so please be patient. I'm usually back there where Cynthia's at, if you've ever seen me on a Sunday morning. Um, so my testimony kind of starts similar to theirs. I had two parents in my house always. Um, my mom's saved. My father is not. Um, that kind of led to things being a little difficult. My father um, was a great father um, for not being saved and for having lost his father at a young age. I think he did a great job. However, I wasn't always comfortable going to him with questions, right? So I learned what it is to be a man from a lot of the things in this world, right? So going to church when I was younger, I was serving God. I got baptized around 11 or 12. I was serving in the youth group. All of a sudden, a huge thing hits me. I go into public high school. How many of you are in public high school? Amen. Praise God. You could be a Christian in public high school. I want to let you know that it, there it is possible. It didn't work out that well for me, but there is hope for you, uh, much like Chris's wife, Vanessa. Uh, I mean, if I said I was a Christian in high school, like she made me look like the biggest heathen probably. <laughs> Because she was witnessing to her friends and going to the clubs and everything. So um, there is hope, okay? But public high school, how many of you know it's easy to find the wrong crowd? Yes? Okay, so I thank God for being there for me, for having that foundation from a youth, because I believe he's had his hand on me that whole time, because I was in high school hanging out with people, rolling blunts with people, never actually smoking them going to parties, ha holding the same cup of beer all night, like maybe taking one sip or something just to, I'm drinking, yeah, you know, just. <laughs> but I, I, I was being completely fake because I heard in my conscience the whole time God saying, no, 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 this isn't what you're here for. This isn't, this isn't right. This isn't it. But how many of you know that you can quiet your conscience just enough to get by, right? How many of you just even telling a lie? 
oh, okay, I could tell this lie and I'll get away with it. I just got to keep up with it, you know? That's just quieting your conscience. That's what I did pretty much all through high school, right? So I was trying to make it on my own. I, I, I tried having relationships, and the same thing. I, I would take it to that limit. I, I never had sex. I saved myself until I met my wife. However, I experimented, you know, just so much with, with setting these boundaries that I set in my own heart, not what God wanted for me, but what I thought was best for me. So I would take it so far and then stop, you know, which was completely out of God's will for me, which would be not to be in those relationships in the first place, right? So I was learning what it was to be a man from, you know, music, from, from TV. I mean, how many of you turn on the radio? You know, what, what do you hear nowadays? What, what, what is a woman? What is their value, right? They're a 10, 20, 50 chick, right? What do you heard? You know that song? You guys heard it, right? You a bad girl and your friend's bad too, right? You guys all hear these songs on the radio, right? What are they telling you? What are they teaching you? Okay, Caleb, praise God. We got some saved children I'm saying, but this is, what, this is what your friends are hearing. This is what their influences are, right? So we want to stay away from that, but that's what I'm telling you. That's where I learned everything. I want you guys to know that, that there's godly men and women like ourselves here, like Pastor Adam, like Cynthia. All these people, all the leaders here want to be involved in your lives and want to help you with answering questions, which we're going to get to in a minute. But going on from that, high school, I'm in a relationship. God's telling me it's not right. It took me probably about three months to break up with this girl. After finally going to church, finally getting back into the Word, I still never quite got it right because I had all this this junk in my heart, just all this sexual perversion, right? I never touched drugs. I never drank. But my biggest addiction was pornography. So I had still had that lingering in my heart, still dealing with that. God worked with me so much through that. He had so much grace and, and just so much patience with me because I was very hard-headed about things like that, sexual addictions and pornography. But... um. God's worked through me with that, and I found my beautiful wife, and I'm very satisfied with her. I don't need that stuff anymore, praise God. Amen? Amen? So after high school, right, I, I still was very hard-headed. I still thought that, that being a man was working hard, you know, and, and just, you know, doing what was right, you know, living on my own, being cool, whatever. Um, you know, I, I didn't get things quite right. I still wasn't doing things God's way. I was doing it on my own. But what that just led to was a lot of stress, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, which led me to go to try to relieve it through other things, like I was saying, you know, just getting deeper and deeper into that pit of pornography. And um, it really took God working on my heart a lot to make me realize that, that, yes, I was working hard. Yes, I was providing for basically myself, but I could have a family, which is what God created, you know. Um, so that's when I started seeking, you know, a wife. However, even as a Christian, I probably creeped a lot of girls out because I was so eager to find a wife that that uh, it probably showed, definitely. Um, so I still was not in the will of God when I, when I was, you know, thirsty, to put it in a better, lack of a better term, I was thirsty. But it wasn't really until I kind of calmed down and, and realized, I, I said, hey, you know, God, this is in your hands, um, you know, women, relationships, that, that's, about, that's all you. I'm just going to seek after you, and I know that that's going to come. And then that's basically around the time when, when I saw Lauren. And um, we fell in love. And she has a beautiful daughter, Olivia, which is our daughter now. And um, it, it was the family that God sent me, you know. It was beautiful. Um, we've known each other since we were like 14. Back then they told me to stay away from her because she was trouble. But I saw her coming to church and serving God, and I saw her heart, and it was beautiful, and I fell in love with it.
Amen. Well, let's give it up. Let's give it up. Let's give it up. So you heard a little bit about their testimony is right now. What we're going to do, we're going to allow a chance for you guys to get involved. Uh, Monique, you do me a favor. You can stand up in the middle for me, please. What we're going to do right now, this past entire month, we've been collecting questions from you guys about relationships. These are not some of the things that are superficial about is it good to date. I mean, some of the things that really you guys think about because you want to do it God's way. So this is what we're going to do. Just one by one, if you guys can do me the kind favor of just coming up and we're going to let you pick from the, the little stash of questions we got here. You guys are going to be asked your questions and then they're going to answer for you. Okay? So come on up one by first person, first person, first person. Who's going to be willing? Who's bold? Who's daring? Just come on up. Just come on up. Tito. Go ahead, my man. Drum roll for me, please. Go ahead. Why is religion a big deal if both families believe in God? For example, we are both Christian, but my family is Catholic, and his family is Christian. Should that matter? I'll take that one. Um, re- religion is, is the essence of, of a relationship. For example, the textbook definition of religion is pretty much one who worships God. Okay, one who has a relationship with God. So religion is is everything about a relationship. It's going to be the foundation. Now, the difference between Catholicism and Christianity is the main difference of being born again. Um, There are a lot of Catholics that are not born again. They, They... they believe in Jesus, they believe in God and the Trinity, and a lot of the, uh, the core doctrines that, that make up the Christianity as a whole, including Catholicism, but they, they pray to saints, they, they, they have to do the sacraments. A lot of them believe they have to do the sacraments in order to be saved. They have to get married in the Catholic Church. They have to say the rosary a thousand times. They have to do this and do that in order to be saved. Now, Christianity is... By grace through faith, we are saved. Now, that's a total difference. And that comes with being born again, believing in Jesus. And John 3, 3, no man can see the kingdom of heaven unless he is born again. We have to be born again. Now, in a relationship, you cannot be unequally yoked. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with someone. What that means is that um, if you've ever seen farming and stuff, uh, two Two animals, two cattle are yoked together by the neck, and they're working for the same thing. Now, if one cam, one animal, one cattle is is weaker than the other, then the stronger one's going to be pulling the the weaker one throughout the whole work. You get what I mean? So, if that person is not born again, then they are not Christian. And therefore, you are not equally yoked. You have to be at the same strength, same strength, loving the same God, loving Jesus, being born again, both of you, not just one or the other. And you want to add to that? I think the question said we are both Christian, but the families are one is Catholic and one is Christian. Was that right? They're both. They both were Christian, but they're. Can read the read read the question. <laughs> if they both believe in God, but um, but uh, one's Christian and one's Catholic. Oh, okay. You got it right. Oh, 
I thought you said if you were both Christian and just the families. <laughs> if That's what he said. Uh, that, um, if they were both Christian, but um, my family is Catholic and uh, her is Christian. Okay, that's that's a different question because if you are both Christian, then that's fine. Because, I mean, like, for example, my mother's family was Jewish and my father was a Christian. So her family ended up disown, disowning her. So I think for mostly Catholicism, it might be very hard on the family and it might be something that they wouldn't be able to agree with and it might come to the point where it's like hey well you're not my daughter you're not my son right now but they'll eventually get over it and um i think if you're both christian and you're both living by the principles of god and if you're both you know living holy then it can work okay so we got we got some uh, more people out here, so we want to get more people actually up here to to ask questions. So if there's anybody else that wants to come up and uh, pick a question out the magical bowl, uh, the godly bowl here, yes. Are there any rules within marriage for sex? What's the difference between the love of man and the love of God? I'll take that one. <laughs> Um, there are no rules in the, well, there are no rules between you and your wife or you and your husband, except if it has to do with pornography or bringing somebody else into your bed, then that's a big no-no. But if it's just you and your husband, the, all things are permissible. That's what the Bible says. They might not be beneficial, but they are permissible. <laughs> that's what the Bible says. <laughs> Um, the difference between a love of man and love of God, there's a big thing. Cause I remember when I was looking for my husband, it was always like, Oh, when my husband comes, everything's going to be great. He's going to love me. He's going to take care of me. Yes. Your man or your wife will love you. Yes. They will take care of you. Yes. All of that, but they will never fill that God void inside of you. Even when you're, you're married, um, you still, you actually probably need the love of Jesus even more because of all those expectations that they're going to fill me and they're going to do this. It's like, hey, once you get married, you find out, like, this doesn't complete me. This doesn't fill me completely. So the love of God is unconditional. The love of God never leaves. You don't argue with Jesus. You don't, you know, have issues with Jesus where you're going to, like, you know, think you're thinking about leaving Jesus, you know, like all those things. Okay, just listen. I'm just saying there's a lot of things in marriage that you don't understand, but the love of God will never leave you. The love of man sometimes can be conditional, and the love of God is unconditional. So that's it. Amen. That was great. Okay. It, it looks like it looks like we have a. Uh, yeah, you gotta come up here. Uh, oh, wait, wait, stay there. We have Ricky. Really? Yeah. Come closer though, so you can so you can actually come grab one in a minute. How do you know that? How do you know you're in a bad slash ungodly relationship? Question mark. <laughs> I can feel this one. Um, a bad slash ungodly relationship is uh, the first sign would be there's no joy. Um, I mean, you could find somebody who has things in common with you very easily. Is it the one for you? Not unless God says so. How do you know that? You know, that's that's something you pray about. But 
um, being in a bad relationship, somebody who wants to do things that are ungodly, um, pushing you to go farther, um, you know, it starts with making out, it starts with touching each other, you know, uh, that's ungodly. I, I mean, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, right? Is that what the Bible tells us? Mm -hmm. So those type of things are obvious. Um, bad relationships, abusive, that's obvious. Um, just different things that, that um, you, you know, you don't want to be unequally yoked, like Chris was explaining in the Bible. You don't want to be with somebody who's just going to bring you down. You want to be with somebody who compliments you, who lifts you up, who makes you a better person. So if there's no joy and you're not growing from it, then it is a bad, ungodly relationship. Sorry, I just want to say something real quick. Um, if it is hard for you to serve God while you're in that relationship, that's one clue that it is not a godly and good relationship for, with, for you. Just, just so everybody knows, if, the, if you see a question mark at the end of this, of this slip, just know that this is a question that you actually don't have to say. <laughs> you don't have to say a question mark. What standards should be set, or what can't you do? Read again. <laughs> what standards should be set, what can't you do? Yeah, in a relationship, I believe. <laughs> what standards? Yeah, what standards should be set? Um, godly. Yeah, godly standards? <laughs> I, I don't understand if they mean... Character stand. Um, this. Yeah, I think um, everything is different for every person. Cause if I would have done my relationship even with my husband over before we were married, I wouldn't have even kissed him because I wasn't able to handle that. So I think for every person, it is different. You have to use godly wisdom. But for the standards that are in the Bible is obvious to all of us. Some people can kiss. Some people are not supposed to kiss. I think holding hands is fine. Laying in each other's bed, heck no. You shouldn't even be in the same room alone together. You shouldn't have a door closed. You shouldn't do anything that is able for you to fall into sin easily. And if you're, if you're doing that, then it's because you want to. So the standards that you should keep are high standards. Um... Yeah, you should keep, not be in the same room alone together at all. Always be in a public place where people can see you. And I know, no, I've seen some crazy, you know, your age people in public places doing some crazy stuff. So <laughs> just let people know what you're doing. Let your leaders in your life. And that's it. Amen. All right, everybody, don't be shy, man. I'm going to start calling people up here if I... Uh... Wait, wait, let's give somebody else a chance, though. Uh-uh, Dormar, come up. <laughs> God wants you up here. Is it okay to date a non-Christian? No. Uh, I think I, I pretty much touched on that. Last time, it is not okay, and... Um, Reason being is, like I said, unequally yoked. Uh, the person's not going to have the same 
The same beliefs, for one, not going to have the same values. Not going to, even if they do have the same values, it's going to be less. It's going to be more of a struggle for them to keep those values and those morals than than for you because you love Jesus. Amen. Um, All right, it looks like we now have, we have Jeremiah. I know you're thirsty. Get some knowledge. Come on. Can you make out, no, can you make out if you're dating and you're a Christian? Um, if you're a Christian, can you make out? Um, yes, when you're married. Uh, <laughs> But I, I would I, like we said earlier, um, everything is kind of on different levels. Honestly, like like Lauren said earlier, even too, I would aim for not even kissing if you could, and save that for the wedding day because that's even more special. And like we said too, um, just kissing, even just kissing on the lips for us was kind of like even like putting the wrong ideas and pushing it too far in our heads. So I would say stay away from it, um, unless like. Do something that you wouldn't do in front of your, front of your parents, right? Would you make out in front of your parents? No, that's weird. So, our Father is God and He watches us. So, amen. So, um, yeah, by the way, I've been married for like a year and a half. My wife's not here. She had to work. Um, my wife and I, throughout our, our dating period and throughout engagement, we did not kiss on the lips. We only kissed on the cheek, and that was, it wasn't often. It wasn't a lot either. Um, however, there was one time where we almost slipped up. It was the day before we got married. We gave each other a hug, and she turned to kiss me on my cheek, and I turned to kiss her on her cheek at the same time, and we, got, we, we pricked the corners of our, our lips. Now, that was the closest we did, but the, the same reason they, didn't, they chose not to make out or, or kiss on the lips throughout their time was because they knew they were going to slip. And uh, same with my wife and me. We did not want to slip up because we knew that if, if, we, if we had made out at that moment or at any moment, obviously we're not going to make out in front of the people. So if we were alone and, and we did that, it would have went to a whole nother level. Amen. So we didn't do it. We upheld that standard. And... And we, we encourage you guys to do that as well if you guys feel that it would be so easy for you to go to the next level or to the next base, as, as we call it. What if someone likes you, but you don't like him or her back? Too bad. Um, you don't have to like anybody that doesn't like you. They'll get over it, and they'll move on, and you just keep looking for your person. Yeah, I see a hand. Let's, let's go. Man. What's your name, man? Too? Oh, I'm sorry, I won't put you on the spot. Here's Miguel. Okay, missionary dating is going into the field, uh, 
trying to be a missionary in your local area by dating local women um, who are not saved and trying to get them saved. So it's like telling someone, hey, come to youth group and then after maybe you can go to dinner. Like that, that is the biggest setup uh, for failure ever. As a matter of fact, I tried this at one point um, and it didn't work out. Actually, I tried it several times. The closest was getting a Unitarian girl. If you know the Unitarians, they're not Christians, so. Um, I would say missionary, missionary dating is a bad idea, to answer that question. Unitarian, um, they basically just love each other. They love the world. They don't really believe in, in God. They actually, they started out as, as a study of religion, and then they kind of turned into a religion. They don't believe in the Trinity either, so. Yeah, they just believe in one God who loves, whether it's male or female. All right. Unitarian uh, women is off limits, apparently. Um, all right, guys. Two more? Okay. All right. I, I want you to come up. The little one. What, what's the name again? Yeah, I want you to come up. Yes. Just about to make this, this whole room super cute right now. <laughs> nice. Know somebody. Um, I think it's yeah, I got it. I think it's different when you're about your age. I, I would say about two years but when you're older it doesn't really matter like if you're over about 20 years old then you can have you know it's just weird um, like if, if somebody's over 18 and the girl is really young or if the boy is really young they're gonna have to have a lot of talks with leaders and parents over that kind of stuff because it's just not right but I mean, if you're over 20 and you guys are adults, then it's like, it doesn't really matter. Awesome, right man. Clap it up, clap it up. All right, we got one more. We got, we got the man of the hour, Vic, coming up right now. Um, I would say when your parents say you're okay to date. I don't really know when you're old enough to date. When you're right with God. But you have to listen to your parents too when you're your age. Okay, we're, we're going to do one more. One more with big. How do you know who's the one for you and how can it be different? I'll answer that. Uh, you guys got your Bibles? If you don't have your Bible, get out of here. Okay, okay. <laughs> one, two, three. Get out of here. Uh, go to Proverbs. I'm going to give you guys two verses and this is going to change your life. Proverbs chapter 16, 
Give me an amen when you're there. Okay. Proverbs 16, verse 9. It says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Now, for now this goes both ways for, for guys seeking girls and, and, and girls waiting for their man. The person that you're with has to have a high standard. And, and I encourage you guys, if you haven't already, to write out a list of your standard of what that, that person needs to have, what, what you want in that person. It could, be, it could be physically, it could be emotionally, it could be all their attributes and qualities, uh, whether physical qualities or abstract qualities like do they, do they love, do they, um, are they hardworking and stuff like that. Now let's go to Proverbs, Proverbs 18. Let's go to Proverbs 18, verse 22. Proverbs 18, verse 22, it says, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Now, I, I first received this, this word when I was going through... Uh, when I, when I was looking, you know, for, for my wife at the time, Pastor Ish came to me and he, he gave me this verse and he said, He who finds a wife finds what is good and then finds favor from the Lord. How many of you know when you find something, you, you're not just, you don't just stumble upon it. It's, it's, um, it's something active that you're doing. You're actively finding something. And so a lot of times we like to, we like to make, oh, we like, like to make our relationships uh, something supernatural that it's supernaturally ordained. I, I believe God does. God knows that person that we're going to we're going to marry, but He doesn't necessarily. I don't believe He necessarily uh, like designates or like like Chris must must marry Monique. No, I believe that we can find the, the person, but that person has to have a high standard, and you yourselves have to have a high standard of, of holiness, and and it has to be biblical. Okay, and then you, you find that person that has those qualities and that standard, and then, you know, it's, it's your choice. I mean, God's not going to say, you know, you must get married. You know, some of us aren't even called to get married. So. I mean, let's give it up, yo. Let's give it up. Let's give it up. No, no, we... Come on, we have to be moving on. We got a time of prayer. If you guys can do me a favor, you stand to your feet for me, please. Stand to your feet for me, please. What we're going to do right now, we're going to finish this time in, in prayer. You know, we, we have a lot of wisdom that was poured out. We have a lot, of, a lot of knowledge that was being poured onto us, and we're just receiving that. Do you receive that in this place? Everything that was said, do you receive it? Come on now. Come on, just say amen for me, please. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So right now, I'm going to have the leaders, um, some of our leaders, and we have Cynthia, myself, and these leaders right here, we want to pray for everyone in this place. So if you can do me the favor, you guys can leave your seat and come up to these altars. We just want to lay hands what the Bible says. We just want to impart, you know, God's goodness on you guys. And just pray. Listen to me. And we're going to pray that you guys wouldn't know the wrong way. We're going to pray right now that you would stay on the path of holiness and righteousness and doing it God's way. Because that's the path that is blessed. That's the path that pleases God. And you have nothing to be afraid of. If you made mistakes, when we come around and we pray for you, 
and we're just laying hands and if you just say, man, there's some things in my heart that I'm not sure God has forgiven me. And this is in the area of relationships, in the area of sex and doing things the wrong way. I'm not sure if I'm forgiven. Come up and we'll just pray for you. But we're just going to lay hands on everybody in this place. Amen. So as you're waiting, you know, you're just going to be standing around. We're going to be praying for you guys. Just prepare your heart. Just do some thinking. Like, man, what I want. What do I want right now in, in, in my wife? What do I want right now as standards for myself in the area of, of seeking God and, you know, and, and doing it the right way in relationships? So they're doing some searching in your heart. As we come up, we pray for you. We just want to bless you guys before we leave. Amen? Amen.
Your presence is all I am longing for here in the sea place. Nearness is all I am waiting for here in the quiet place. My soul waits for you alone, just like the watchmen wait for dawn. Here I finally found a place where we'll meet, Lord, face to face. A funny funny.
Hallelujah. If we're still praying for you, if we haven't prayed for you, please come up to these altars. We want to pray for you. But I'm just going to close out in prayer right now, in dismissal. Father, I pray right now, God, for, for everything that you've imparted that it will stick in our head, Father. God, I pray that what we learn here today, Father, we will be able to recall when we're out in our home, when we're out in school. Father, that we wouldn't forget everything that you taught us in your word. But God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would remind us, remind us that doing it your way is always the best way. Father, I pray for those who have messed up, God, who have messed up relationally, Father, who have given themselves away. Father, I pray right now, God, that they can be restored. I pray for newness in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for righteousness and holiness. The Father, they wouldn't have to know the wrong way anymore. That you restore them. Father, you take away those, those thoughts of guilt. Father, so many times the enemy will come back and say, Well, you can't do this because you messed up here. Father, I pray right now, Father, you take away those thoughts of guilt, Father God, that keep us bringing us down. But Father, I pray that you remind us by your spirit how much you love us, how much you love us and how much you're there for us, how much you have a plan for us. I pray this, God, for every student in this place. When they leave this place, God, they can remember that, hey, I'm saving myself for my wife. Hey, I'm saving myself for my husband, God. And that day, God, on that on a special day when you call them, God, they can remember on this day that they've made a choice to honor you. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Bless them, God, and keep them. In Jesus' name, amen. If we're still praying for you, please, please don't feel rushed to leave. We want to pray for you. But if we prayed for you, you are, you are dismissed. We love you. As a matter of fact, we have some cupcakes in the back for you guys, some little snacks as a dessert. So how much we love you guys. But if you still want to pray for just a little more, come on and stay. We love you guys.